Hey, how's it going? I'm Billy. And I'm Jen. And you're listening to Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. Cheers. Cheers to you. Thanks for listening. Hope you're, hope you're having a good day. Hope you're having a good week. Mm. <sighs> what are you sit- drinking there? I'm drinking, actually, this is a cup of coffee from Australia. Yeah, actually, true story. One of our one of our faithful listeners, who's actually a good friend of ours, Grace Fuller, is a good yes. friend of ours, and her mother Absolutely listens her. to the podcast from Australia, Miss Kate. And she hooked us up with and some. She sent us her favorite coffee, Brazilian which is called um, roasted. It's called Genovese coffee. Ooh, yeah, love Genovese. That. and actually, first time I've ever had it, and it is super good. Well, thank you, Kate. Thank Genovese, you for the and I'm not sure if I'm saying it right, but um, I think that's like an Italian mafia family. The Genovese Sounds crime like syndicate, it. yeah. So, I mean, I just feel like this coffee was made for me. So, cheers to um, Mafia Coffee. Cheers, cheers it's to great super coffee. Good. Yeah. Hey, um, I hope you've been doing well here in Seattle. We have been coming through. Man, it's it has been the snowiest February in over a hundred years. True story. Eighteen ninety seven was the last time we saw this much. What snow. do we have? Like nineteen inches of snow. In some places, two feet. Crazy. Two feet of snow. Which so. for some people, if you're in Chicago or New York, they're like, that's what we get every day. But for Seattleites, we don't even know what to do with ourselves. We literally don't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, I know what to do. I'm, I'm from Were Chicago. you shoveling for two days straight? Yes. Yeah. Do I get out there and drive in it? Yes. Were you I'm, so sore? Am I a snow warrior? For days. Probably. Was I sore? Okay. After like an hour, you're like, oh God, my groin, my groin. Okay. An hour of shoveling. I'm like, babe, an hour? Really? Maybe don't bring up my groin on <laughs> live TV. Are we on TV? <laughs> okay. Um, why weren't you out there shoveling? Um, like I was out there doing man we work. we got three men in the house. That's what men do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, me I, I could shovel some snow though. Yeah. may not be uh, very helpful. I'm so us. down for a snow day. A snow week has gotten kind of complicated. Yeah, just, just a little honest. bit. But it's been fun. But you have a man car, and did we leave every single day? It was amazing. Your vehicle saved our lives this past week. Our vehicle. Well, yeah. you know, we kind of have our own vehicles. You drove it a couple times. Yeah, we we had a good time. You're out there doing it, living the dream. Well, um, we are going to jump into today's topic on Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. And I'm going to talk like this from time to time in honor of Miss Kate and Miss Grace and nothing but the and truth. Genovese Coffee. Which, if you're out there, Mister Genovese, you can sponsor this podcast. <laughs> I'm probably going to get flagged because I'm pretty sure it is an Italian uh, crime syndicate, and I'm probably going to get flagged. And pre- Our accents are horrible, but we just don't stop. It's if I'm just talking too about the Genovese's, maybe I should do it like an hey, Italian. If you like us with the accent, you know, listen, <laughs> write a review or give us a little love or, or maybe a little hate. Hey, keep the hate to Can yourself. Can you do a British or like a... Um... Well, hello, I could do British every single okay, day. how about Irish? Can you do an Irish accent? Yeah, I could do Irish <laughs> every all, single day. You want to hear my Scottish like... accent? Well, hello, <laughs> I'm from Scotland. Okay, calm down. That's, it's good. We're good. Okay. Getting too hey, excited. What are we talking about, about today? I, today, I'm excited about this topic. We were going to talk about um, seasons, seasons, seasons of life, given that it's been such a snowy season for us it's, the last few a months. Season weeks um i want to talk about seasons and the whole thought i feel like is um as humans we're obsessed with kind of starts and finishes right we we love we love amazing starts like startup companies are all the all the rage and i get it and then big finishes like finishing well the finish line like it's kind of human nature um but the truth of it is life 
is lived primarily in between starts and finishes. And that, in my in my opinion, is the hardest part of life. Absolutely. Is these, these in-between seasons. And no matter what you do in life, no matter what your occupation is, no matter what season of life you're in, you're always going to find yourself somewhere in between. Um, and we set goals, and maybe we don't set goals, but the moment, the thing about a goal is the moment you hit a goal, whether you consciously or unconsciously, there's another goal that's set. And so maybe you have, you're the type of person that's like you set like your three-year goal, your five-year goal. Some of us never do that, right? But internally, you do. Like you, maybe you have a goal to be married. You would never vocalize that, but it's something that you're kind of going towards. Maybe you have a goal to make a certain amount of money. Maybe you haven't vocalized it or set up a plan to get there, but it's something or you want to lose a certain amount of weight. Maybe you never vo- you set these goals based on personality, but these are things that we're kind of always striving to. And mm-hmm. and then we hit them. It's amazing. And you have like this, you fulfilled um, a goal, a dream, but it's, I mean, it's just days, maybe weeks after that, that you start again. Yeah. And life is kind of lived in these in-between session, seasons. And I kind of want to talk about that today. That would be kind of our topic is how do you handle the gap between what was and what could be? Or maybe put it this way, um, how do you live in that space between not being where you used to be, but not yet being where you, you want to be? be? You know, to somewhere in between. And I think um, I'm, I am mesmerized by the difficulty of um, the middle of a thing. Absolutely. I just, I, it's real. Forget, um, midlife crisis. People don't have crisis when they're 14. They don't have crisis <laughs> when they're 70. Midlife crisis is right. real. You know. Oh yeah, your midlife. Well, last year, I think it was a bit of a midlife crisis for me. It's like that. It's somewhere between like the the forties to like I don't know, even maybe pushing fifties, like sixties. I don't know. I, no, I think it's forty. <laughs> Pretty much <laughs> at forty, I was like, "What am I doing with my life? What have I done? What am I going to do?" And then yeah. you get through forty, and people are like, "Come on, forty is so young." And you, when you're fifty, it's like, and that's how you cope with it. Yeah, um, the middle of thing, puberty. Is the is the in between space between childhood and adult? Can we think of anything in life more difficult? Oh, it's such than a weird, hard season. So awkward. So awkward. Um, I like to think of it like when I go running. I run from time to time. When I say run, I mean like I get a little forward momentum. Yeah, I'm a little quicker than walking, um, so I shouldn't use the word running. When I move at a rapid pace, um, at a jog, I always start out like a. Like a prize fighter, like man, I gotta, I gotta hop in my step. I got my earphones going. I look good. I'm not even sweating. All my clothes, like my hoodies, hanging right. Like everything's great, you know. And I will, and I, I'm so motivated. Like yeah, yeah, I'm gonna run, <laughs> and I'm, I'm gonna run three miles. You know, for some of you, that's a lot. Some of you, that's a little. For me, that's an impossibility. So I'll start running, and then somewhere after about thirty seconds. <laughs> 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the middle of 30 seconds. Um, like I'm like, oh, God, I can't catch my breath. I'm not running. Like I'm not poised. I'm starting to slouch. <laughs> you know, I was holding in my belly. Now my belly's just completely hanging out. You know, like I just get super sloppy. I'm trudging along. If I saw myself in a mirror or the reflection of a car, I'll probably stop because I'm so embarrassed by the way I look. I mean, this is real for me. I start thinking of all the reasons why I should quit. Why did I start this beginning? Is it really doing anything? <laughs> you know, like... And then the middle is so hard. That's where it's like the hardest to keep running for me. And then at the end, the last 30 seconds, minute, I'm like, I'm almost done. Like, and so then all of a sudden it's like chariots of fire, you know, the end of this, the fourth quarter. And I like, I throw my head back, totally. I'll kick into a stride, I'll crank the music, I'll change to another song that's super uplifting and momentous, you know, it's like, and so I, I start well, I finish strong, but, but I mean, the, the battle every time. 
Yeah. Um, and the reason I don't like to run a lot, but I force myself to, is because that middle part. It's the it's the difficulty of something in between. So I guess my question, babe, and maybe we can talk about this. How do we navigate the in between seasons of life? That's a great question. Because that is predominant mm-hmm. life. All of us have to navigate those seasons. So how do we do it well? Um, it's kind of my thought. And I feel like you have to navigate the, that season off and on for your entire life. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, I navigated the middle season, now I'm good to go. I, I've found myself where I've had to navigate the middle season so many times in different seasons of my life. And can we clarify two things about seasons, just naturally, before we start this talk? Because I think this is helpful. I think two things we need to recognize about seasons, seasons in, na- in nature and seasons in life. Number one, you can't fight seasons. Number two, they're always temporary. You can't fight a season. I mean, as much as I wanted the snow to be gone after four days, um, there's nothing I can do to make that happen. I can't go out there in my Speedo, stand in the middle of that icy road, and, you know, defy winter. I'm going to die. Winter will kill me, right? Seasons don't place any value on your opinions. It doesn't matter what you think. The birds are always going to fly south for the winter. The leaves are always going to change colors and fall. The temperature is always going to drop. Um and all that happens without mm-hmm. our input or our opinion. <laughs> so I think or a permission. lot of, Totally, right? <laughs> and so like a lot of us are trying to fight a season in life. And it's like you're wasting so much time. I'll even talk to like people of faith that, you know, which we would be for sure. But people, Christians, um, people who follow Jesus, they'll pray and pray for seasons to be over. And a lot of times those prayers don't get answered. And they're like, God's not listening to me. I'm like, you're praying the wrong prayer, man. Yeah. I don't think the goal is for God to end a season. The goal is for you to figure out what do you need to learn in this season and stop fighting the season. Um, God's not coming to rescue you. You know what I'm saying? Um, And then also, they're temporary. And this is encouraging for me. Seasons are always temporary, especially when the tough seasons come. Like, they'll pass. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be forever. If you find yourself in a hard season right now, going through a tough patch of life, like, hey, just take a little rest and solace in the fact that it won't always be, be this forever. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's true. Like summer is coming. Spring will be here eventually. It may take longer than you hoped for, but it's going to come. Yeah. And the same is true if you're in a great season. You know, if you're living on a mountaintop and life is just so amazing, well, that's great too. Enjoy it while it lasts. Don't be pessimistic or fatalistic, but enjoy it while it lasts because you're going to have some low times too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's always helped me um, and navigating seasons of life. And I think knowing that it's temporary is something that I've had to hold on to um, to get through some of the the really challenging seasons. Because if I can just remind myself in those painful seasons, challenging seasons, this is temporary, this is temporary. I mean, even having children and, and have, you know childbirth. I just had a good friend who had a baby just two days ago. And I can only imagine the pain that she went through. But in those moments, it's like, I got to just remind myself, this is temporary, temporary, temporary. It doesn't matter if it's going to be a nine hour, you know, painful moment, or if it's going to be nine years. Sometimes those in-betweens can look like years and years and years. And it's, but it is temporary. Yeah. And I'm just losing my mind thinking about how you guys have to have, you guys, meaning you girls have to have babies. It's real. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. I kind of feel like I kind of understand because I, I you don't understand. There's not one thing that you understand. (laughs) And we should tell that story because, you know, now that we're going to well, yeah, trail off we here, have that as common ground. You, you, you have had, had a, three you children. You had stuff fixed and you were literally... I had a vasectomy. First three days, I was we like, both babe, the same you need ice, pain. you need drinks, whatever. <laughs> I was there to serve you, help you. About five, day five, you continued to whine. 
And I started. You weren't there. You don't know. No. You don't know what I went through. I remember you saying to your sister that I overheard that (laughs) the pain you were experiencing was worse than childbirth. Okay. And for the record. (laughs) Said it for dramatic effect, but. No, you were were adamant (laughs) that it was more pain than any natural childbearing. Every woman who's ever had a child. My sister was so mad at me for saying that, and she's never had a baby. And I was like, I don't think you get to talk. She's like, oh, I do. Because she's a woman. She understands. I don't care if you've had one or not. A woman can understand. I actually won't argue the facts. (laughs) But even that pain of bearing a child is temporary. Because in the end, it, it obviously births something beautiful. Yeah. That's true. Great point. Well, what about this? I think there's, maybe we can talk, maybe we can break our talk into four kind of thoughts when it comes to the in-between seasons of life. The highs, the lows, the seasons where you are tempted to just settle, like just settling, and then the waiting. You like that? So like, maybe we could talk four on the four things. Like, what do we do in the the high seasons? Then what do we do in the low seasons? Then those seasons, which we've all experienced, where you're tempted to just settle. Mm-hmm. Like for second best, and then, and then, um, last but not least, which is probably the hardest one for me, I think, even more than low seasons, is the waiting season. Yeah, which is, um, I'm talking about high seasons. Um, I love high seasons. This is, I think, like the beginning of a dream. This is when things are going well. This is when the marriage is clipping. This is the honeymoon phase. This is, you know, kids are great, finances are secure, love the house we live in, love the job. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like and. We all, I hope you've had some of those seasons in life. I hope people listening, like you've experienced that. That's a part of it. For some of us, that's the goal. I think the differentiation I want to make about high seasons is like, that actually isn't the goal to just stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our lives are more important. There's more meaning. There's more of a purpose than just our own personal fulfillment and like contentment. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I want to be content. I actually want to have happy moments. For us, high seasons are family vacations. And we're about to, for your 40th birthday, go on a European trip. Yeah, it's literally are. your dream trip yes. you've wanted to go to since you were a child. And we're going to hit Paris, Venice, and Rome. And Let's I'm go. so excited, right? That's going to be a high moment. But that's not the end game. Right. And I think the temptation for people is to just want to camp out and just constantly be in these 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 highs, highs of life, highs, like highs. one after the next. And I think that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we get comfortable there. And in fact, if that's only where you ever stayed, I think that's the opposite of living. Because then you actually get stuck in a rut. You don't actually, or even measuring your life. It's good if it's it's good if it's always on a high. My life is good if it's always on a high, and that's not reality. Right. We actually have a role. Like yeah. we actually have a purpose. There's actually something to be accomplished in life. And life is supposed to be this adventure. And there's highs and there's lows and there's ups and there's downs. And we have to take in the moments and keep taking in the moments. If you stop taking in moments, then you've just stopped. And by definition, I think that's kind of like, like de- it's, it's a slow death. Like if you're not moving forward, if you're not continuing to go then things have stopped. Like one of my pet peeves is when we're driving in this most beautiful place we live called Seattle and waters and mountains and trees and <laughs> and and the whole family and is on, on phone. their phone. And I'm like, hey, life is unfolding right in front of your eyes. And I feel like my own dad, but I'm like, I mean this, like, look up, look at the mountain ranges. Everyone's like, why would I look on the mountain range? It's cooler on Instagram. That's so real. <laughs> Which is true. That's with so filters. real. Um, but it's like the goal in high moments, like, oh man, I pray to God you have high moments, but don't just stay, stay there. there. That actually would be anti-living because it's not real and it's, it's, um, there's no fulfillment. That. And who are you helping? And what well, the high moment serving? is real, but the high moment isn't real every day of our lives. It's not the, it's not the goal. That's right. 
It shouldn't be the goal. And if it is, I would say you're living beneath your, your purpose. If you're like, my goal is just to, just to have these great high moments. I'd be like, yeah, life is bigger than that, in fact. Life is bigger than just our personal contentment, safety, comfort. It's bigger than that. If comfort were the goal, a lot of people just have been hitting it. But I don't think comfort, comfort in and of itself is not fulfilling. Like, I need comfort. You need comfort. I need these moments of just great high and relaxation and recreation. Well, why do you think we crave comfort as humanity so much? Safety. We crave safety. I think, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not excellent thing, but I think we crave safety. But I would say that that's actually not the goal of life. Like, mm-hmm. the last thing I want for my children is to live a safe life. Because that's actually not living. Life, by definition, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm getting, I'm getting all fired up now, involves risk. Absolutely. It involves risk. And the people who don't take risks, the people who don't step out and live bigger than themselves, like I would argue you're not really living to your fullest potential. So if the goal for you is just to be comfortable. And don't you think the risk can, can equal a high at some points and the risk can equal some major lows too? 100%. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to life. Welcome to it. Yeah. The story of life. What about low seasons, babe? Um, like when we bottom out. These are tough seasons. Everyone can relate with these. Um, life was going great. You were, you know, it's 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 amazing to me how quick a low season can come on. You get the news of a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. You lose a loved one. There's a car accident. Lose a job. Financial crisis. You know, you start thinking about that and how quickly you can go from an extreme, a super high... To a super extreme to low. To just a low, low. And it's kind of like life life bottoms out. Life life will have major lows, and not to be a bummer, but that's kind of life. And I think for we've experienced some extreme low points. I would say we had a five-year run of low after low after low, from, from almost dying to you know serenity's brain surgery to you losing your faith and suicidal. I mean, it's just lows were just incredible. And looking back in hindsight now, I wouldn't have gotten through those lows without the people around me, the community that I had, I had made a decision to put around me. And I think, you know, if you're maybe listening saying, how do I get through this low that I'm presently in? And it is a struggle. I'd say, man, who are your friends? Like make a decision now to put people around you that when you do hit a low, sometimes all you have is that person next to you saying, come on, you can do this. We, we can do this. And I, I mean, the fact that I married you was the biggest blessing because even when I walked through the most scary season oh, of my life. I thought you were going to say that was a low. <laughs> no, but you, you came alongside of me. I, I wouldn't have made it through a few of my years without you and the community that was around me. And, and I think that for the lows that I have experienced personally, it was the people in my world that helped me love that. face I, those lows because I had to go through it. But on the end, I really, truly believe it was because of the people in my world. And I think that is, and I love what you're saying because I I think that's what we got to talk about is how do you get through those low they're, seasons? They're gonna ha- There's people listening right now that are in the middle of it. And they're like, how do I get through it? I think what you said, community, people in your life, reaching out to people, you can't do it on your own. I think another thing that we've learned along the way, and we're still learning a lot. I'm 42, you're 39, 23 perpetually, but 39 in years, um, is like what we say and how we talk in those low moments. It's amazing mm. to me. And I'm not the guy who's super hall, like don't speak it out. You know, like I kind of get bothered by that, but there's some, there's a lot of truth to what comes out of your mouth that affects your emotions and your actions. And we've always had in our house, like a no whining policy for our kids. 
ourselves like you know if things are going bad you don't get to whine you know if and our, thing is you our, grow as an adult you just do it a different way yeah you whine the adult yeah way, it's like you know? oh well i'm an adult so i complain i'm negative christians I'm, put a spin on it they're like um pray for me man just will you pray that you know i'm going through a lot of hard things and my wife you know just pray for her she's really just having a hard time being a good wife but you know god loves her pray for her you know and we like kind of put yeah. this spiritual spin on it but like no whining like no complaining if you're gonna complain and i and i I once heard someone say to me, like, you can't complain in life. Which and I'm is like, not really. That's either. not real. Yeah. Of course. You got you to let it out. complain somewhere. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, especially um, the loved ones get the brunt of it. Like, I might not complain in front of coworkers or with peers, but I'll come home and complain to you. And you're like, oh, my God, I can't handle it. You know what? And I'm going to. I'm That's gonna, kind of part of the relationship part. Somewhat. You have yeah. To you have, have to have a space. But somebody. Can, I even, can I even go jump into faith here for a second and. The Bible says in Psalms 142 that you should pour out your complaints to God. And whether you believe in God or not, I challenge you, like throw your fist to heaven and have it out with God. And here's why it says pour it out, because God can handle it. He's not moved by our complaints. Mm-hmm. He actually can do something about our lives. He can, if, whether he can change your situation or change your perspective. Sometimes we're asking God to say change our situation, but he'll just change your perspective in the midst of your situation. And so I think you have to have a place to where you can pour out like and don't whine about it don't speak neva but have a place where you can have honest like hey i'm this is tough um i think that honestly i think that's like critical to having being able to honestly pour it out or talk to someone that is safe to say like this this is this sucks man this is not okay and be able to have that time and space to do that because if you don't you might you might self destruct and then there's the, these seasons where we're we're kind of like um we're tempted to settle for second, whether it's because it's so hard, whether, you know, maybe it's time or whatever. But yeah, I've been in these seasons where like, I'm like, you know, maybe this is as good as it gets. Um, it could be with marriage. It could be in a relationship. It could be with a job. It could be with a dream. Maybe you had a dream and then you've cut that dream. Like you've gone to version 3.0 because 1.0 version is just way too hard. It's just impossible. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. um, and I think there's these seasons in life, these in-between moments where we're tempted to be like, I'm just gonna, like, this is good enough. I'm just going to settle. And I just think we have to fight that mentality in life, in our relationships, for ourselves, for the dreams in our hearts. Um, it's a part about being in the middle of something. Like it's going to be difficult. Like if everyone, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Everyone would win in life. Everyone would accomplish their dreams and their goals. We could all do it. But you're going to have these moments where you're tempted to be like, just settle. And how do, how do you, like, what are some of the ways, babe, maybe that you've kind of not settled in life and be like, no, I'm not going to settle. Like what helps you keep going when you get discouraged? I was going to actually ask you that question. Like what would be practical ways that you've, you know, done it? Because there's been some serious lows in your life and heartache. I think, I think the idea of settling for me is worse than the idea of, of is I'm more afraid of like, what if I just settled than if I kept going? Like I'm always haunted by like the what ifs. Yeah, totally. As, as opposed to like, you know, everyone makes mistakes. Everyone goes for it and misses the mark. That's normal. And I can live with that, that I gave it my best. I went all out and I didn't make it. But what I can't live with, and I don't think any of us should live with, is what would have happened if I had just kept going. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't want to live my life. Risk. I, and I've said this to people before, like, I don't want to end up living my life like, what, what if I had? 
what if I had just gone for it and really believed and really stepped out there? Like, I just think that is the worst. So for me, it's the fear of, and I don't think we should be motivated by fear, but maybe I am like, I'd rather just go and fail, just keep going at it, keep going at it and not hit the mark than to miss the mark by a lot. But like, well, I I succeeded at at being average. Like I just refuse, man. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying. It's the agony of average. Yeah. I just think we're made for more than that. I believe that intrinsically. Like there's more than that. Every person, no matter what your skill set is, no matter what your connections are, your personality is, like you were made for greatness in your world, in whatever context that is. But be great. Be a great mom. Be a great dad. Be a great communicator. Be a great athlete. Be a great musician. Be a great business owner. Be a great teacher. Be a great, you know, just be a great, be great in what God's called you to do. And I believe we can do that because of God. So I think the fear of what if. I just don't want to live my life being like, what would have been? I don't want to be 80 sitting on a rock or somewhere drinking sweet tea mm-hmm. and thinking like, what if? I want to know like, no, I gave it all. Bunch of failures, bunch of successes, lived life full. Even in the midst of the low, even in the midst of the the questions and the lows. I think too, again, for me, when I've experienced lows and just, gosh, this in-between season is I've had to force myself to get another perspective somehow. Like I, it, it could be literally as practical. I remember being stuck home all day with two, two babies feeling so just depressed and discouraged. And it was low, just feeling like, gosh, I don't know if I can keep doing this. I don't like being at home. I stopped my, my day job. And I think for me, I had to do practical things like just getting out of the house and getting around people and doing things. And I think if you're kind of in a rut of a low, you have to change your perspective. You've got to get someone else also to to give you feedback into that low or season that you're in. Um, one of the restaurants we used to go to and we still like to go to is called Fogo de Chao. It's a Brazilian steakhouse. And it's like they bring out these amazing skewers of filet mignon, New York strip. I mean, just the best meat you've ever seen. But they'll always, before they bring out this very expensive, it is kind of pricey, they'll bring out this, before they bring out this expensive meat, they put on the table, like, these cheese biscuits. Which I'm going to be honest. From heaven. Oh my goodness. Sweet. It is the best carb you have ever eaten in your entire life. And we want to devour them. And they bring out like plantains, fried plantains, and they bring out mashed potatoes, and they bring out all these carbs. And they're just filling up. And it took me the first few times of going there and dropping a ton of money to realize I get what they're doing. They're getting me to fill up on this carb goodness, which we did. And I it would was crush goodness. it. And then filet mignon would come around and all this beautiful carnivores paradise. And I'm like, I'm so full, I can't eat that. And I paid a certain amount of money for mashed potatoes, yeast rolls. They cost like $2 to <laughs> and I'm make. like, they did it. They yeah. got and me. Then the they good got me to settle. For less. <laughs> for less. Yes. Forget you, Fogo. And we no, give them no. all our money, our entire bank account to be there. <laughs> so now I go to Fogo de Chow and I'm like, get rid of that stuff. It's amazing, but bring on the filet mignon. Yes, like, right just away. Pack right up plate. front. Yeah. Um, we can't settle. And then let's get to this last season, um, the waiting, which, man, is so hard. It is. Waiting. Biggest- like whether you've been waiting for the goal, the dream in your heart, for that relationship, for that dream job for two months, two years. Two decades. The friend you just referenced who had a baby, they've been trying to have a baby for, I think, over 10 years. Yeah. And they just had the baby two days ago. I'm so happy for them. Love them. Grace and Rob, so happy for yes, you. Yes, But I mean, 10 years. It's like, amazing. The waiting season, it's like prison almost. Like you feel like how- It's torture in a lot of ways, emotionally, mentally, physically even. And 
how do we navigate that season of life where you are waiting? There are people out there right now who want to be married. They've been waiting, 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 waiting. And they're like, what's wrong with me? Yep. What's wrong with the world? The highs, what's the wrong lows with of women? That. What's wrong with men? What's like, and you just go, th- you find yourself in this almost cr- crazed mm-hmm. mindset. And it's, w- it's what waiting does to you. I think for us, um, realizing in that waiting season, like giving up is actually a real option. Like we, people give up all the time. And I think we're afraid to talk about that as people of like action or faith, but it happens all the time. People give up. And I think what we have determined to do, and I probably have given up in life a few times, and I've learned like better to let go than to give up. Giving up is an act of desperation. It's mm. like there's no hope. Letting go is actually an act of trust. Letting go is like, okay, this I can only do what I can do. It's out now of your I'm hands. going to trust in something bigger. For but us, in between, that would definitely be God. To we're going to trust that God is going to work on our behalf. Um, and I think that has been huge for us in the waiting seasons. We find ourselves in waiting seasons even right now in different areas mm-hmm. of our life. And it's like, do what you and, can do, but then you're going to have to let and go. And the letting go is also a state of being content, like choosing to be content. It's like, just like you said, it's like trusting that I can't actually do anything else to to make anything happen. And that letting go is a place where you have to find some some kind of new contentment. And can I say this? And I, I tend not to go this route when we're doing these these talks and this podcast, but it's so true to who we are. Like one of the things that has helped us in the waiting seasons of life, these in-between seasons of life, is prayer. And I cringe. I just cringed hearing that come out of my mouth. And I don't have anything against prayer. I'm a man of faith. I'm actually a pastor. I love prayer. But I feel like for people who aren't, you're like, oh, my goodness, is that what we just resorted to? You want me to get around in a circle, hold hands with someone and hum? (laughs) And be weird? (laughs) No. Can I give you what I would think is like my best definition of prayer? Prayer is me getting empty, making room for God. What it does is it's me connecting with God, who I believe is real. And it's a conversation. It doesn't have to be this this ritualistic thing. It's me talking to God. Sometimes my prayers are like, God, help. Like, that's a prayer. Um, But what it does is it helps me kind of get empty Mm -hmm. and make room. Because I'm so consumed with my life. And prayer helps me kind of put my attention and shift on something bigger than myself, which I think is so healthy and so necessary, especially if that's something else, is God. We used to go to this restaurant when we were dating. You'll remember, Outback Steakhouse. In Georgia. I think they have them everywhere, right? Outback, if you're listening, we would like a sponsorship. <laughs> Outback Steakhouse. And I used to eat this. The, they used to have the best food. And I, we had a total Truly. like ritual. We'd walk in. They'd recognize us. Mr. and Mrs. Huffman, let me take you to your booth. And you sit down. And the first thing they give you is like this bread. And it's warm. And I think it's pumpernickel or rye. And the honey butter. Oh, oh honey butter. So and good. we would actually ask for ranch. And you so dip put, it. Oh. you put butter on this warm bread. And you dip the buttery warm Yum. bread into ranch. Like, oh, God, it was so amazing. Do we love to That's eat? That's before yes. you even eat. Yes. And then they'd like, what would you like to eat? And we always... I always get the same thing. I'm like, I want the Aussie cheese fries. Now, if you don't know what Aussie cheese fries are, let me just explain to You're you gonna need for to go a second. Out. It's French fries topped with cheese, topped with bacon, topped with more French fries, cheese, bacon, bacon cheese, fries, bacon. bacon. Like, it's just this greasy goodness. mountain of goodness. And you take these cheesy, bacony French fries and they bring you a bowl of ranch. And you dip, <laughs> Not a cup, a bowl. You dip this grease, meat, carb <laughs> goodness into this creamy, oh, rich, so fat ranch. And like you could literally hear me getting fatter as I would eat these Aussie oh cheese fries. Oh my god, fries. it's so they bad. They did a um, study once said 
It's the worst appetizer in America for you to order. It's the equivalent of eating 14 Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh, my God. I would eat this every single time. And then they'd be like, what would you like for your meal? We're like, I would always get the no rules burger because I don't want any rules. I want bacon, mushrooms, onions, mayonnaise, burgers, cheese. And they're like, you want a side salad? I'm like, bump that. Give me more fries. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. And then you'd order like, I don't know, a crouton and some lettuce. Okay. Yeah. That's all. (laughs) And I'm like, whatever, girl. Do you. And I'd be like, hey. And they're like, um. You know, and I'm like, hey, when you see me take the last bite of my burger, I want you to get dessert ready. And I'm, here's what dessert is. It's the chocolate thunder. From down under. From down under. <laughs> which is just this mountainous pile of chocolate brownie oozy cake. Oh, it's oozy so cake. good. Yeah. And the, by this point, our waiter, waitress, they would be disgusted with me. And they'd be like, my God. Like, they're just like, like, what would you like to drink? Like a milkshake with extra ice cream? And I'm like, no. I'm like, I'll take a Diet Coke. <laughs> you know, which seems so hypocritical. But I, you know why I did Diet Coke? Because Diet Coke made me feel good about me. And so I'm like, yo, I'm doing Diet Coke. I'm working on my weight. Here's the truth of the matter. Diet Coke offered me no nutrition, like, no nutrition but it made me feel good about myself. I think for most people, that's what prayer religion is. It like makes them feel good about themselves, but it's actually not helping. Um, if I had wanted to get lettuce, tomatoes, I don't know what's healthy, asparagus, if I had wanted to put any of that in my body, I had zero room for it because I had eaten so much junk, bread, cheese fries, butter, ranch, burger, the chocolate thunder from down under. Like There was no room for anything good. And go with me now, the parallel I'm making. I think prayer for me as a human, all of a sudden, it makes some space for me to make room for God because mm. most of us come into life with worry, Anxiety. Anxiety issues. Fear. Sin. Anger. Failures. Yeah. Faults. Hurt. Pain. Bitterness. Mm-hmm. Rage. Like we got all this junk and there's no room for something better. God. Faith. Purpose. Life. And prayer for me personally. It's like me calling out to God. And it, God doesn't need all of it. Just a little bit of room. And all of a sudden it changes my perspective. It gives me hope. And I can find myself in these waiting seasons like, okay. I can do this. I can make it through. I can get to the next day. And sometimes it's one day at a time. And then other times God just pulls us out of it. And here we are in a high time again. And um, I think that's how we navigate seasons of life. And so not to go super spiritual, which I kind of did, but But it's so real, real. man. And so if spiritual happens to be practical in this case, then Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it. And I think it is. And it takes your eyes off of what's going on, the pain, the hurt, maybe the low, and it puts it into perspective. Yeah. So if you're listening out there and you find yourself currently somewhere in between in the seasons of life, just know there's hope. You can do this. Um, It's not going to last forever. Stop fighting it. Just learn from it. Roll with it. Um, It's a season. It'll pass. Yeah. A new one is on the horizon. And like I tell my children, man, if you got Jesus and coffee, you can make it through. Anything. (laughs) Anything at all. So pour yourself a cup of coffee and turn your eyes to heaven, right? Right. Hey, well, thank you for listening. Thank you for leaving a review and uh, subscribing and um, tuning into this. And we so um, are honored to, to chat with you for a moment. Yeah, we'll talk to you next time.